What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, Annihilation 2018. Do you, do you remember that movie with uh, Natalie Portman and a bunch of other people, and they go to some like science explosion that makes all the animals and plants turn into weird hybrid things? Anyways, the show's not really about that. The show is about weird genetic anomalies and what happens when, you know, Mother Nature just gets a little bit funky. We're talking about plants that look like a bad Photoshop. We're talking about lobsters that also actually look like a bad Photoshop. And butterflies. In fact, the common denominator throughout the whole episode is this all looks like bad Photoshop, but it's not. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question. Is the reason dogs evolved so good because of their cute widow eyeballs? Joining me today to talk about all things genetically funky is comedian and scientist and all-around cool person, Pallavi Ganalan. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. I'm just talking about some genetic mix-ups on the show today. I love that. I'm excited. These things look weird. (laughs) But in a beautiful way. In a beautiful way. When I say weird, it's not a negative thing. It's a beautiful thing. So have you ever heard of uh, fasciation? Fasciation? Or maybe, I think it's fasciation. Maybe, like fascia? Like the... Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't think so. It's hard for me to pronounce this. I'm. I believe it's fasciation. Uh. So like, remember on uh, old Windows computers when it would crash 
and you would like drag your cursor across the screen or like a yeah. window and it would just keep making copies of that over and over again. So it'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, just kind of like this snaking window. This happens to plants in nature. Oh, are you saying they're a glitch in the matrix? I mean, I, I'm pretty confident we're a simulation just based on the probability that the universe is recursive, but it doesn't bother me none. So, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, no, there is a glitch in the matrix. If by matrix you mean genetics. Uh <laughs> Anyways, imagine a like a like a I meant a Mendelian uh, matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a Mendelian matrix. Oh, that'd be great if the new matrix is just like cool science and like we had this pea plant bred with this pea plant, and Neo's like, oh, I can't keep track of all these pea plants. Uh, anyways, uh, imagine a daisy. Uh, you got you got a daisy in your head. It's a you know it's a flower got some yeah. petals and so on and then imagine the daisy as if someone just like smeared it like took a clone tool and smeared it across like a stretch daisy like a limo and then a stretched limo like daisy and a stretch daisy like the like the middle part looks like a caterpillar yeah yeah it does it's uh it's it's somewhat uncomfortable but it's interesting so <laughs> it, it makes me feel emotions that I can't really identify exactly. I kind of want to eat it when I look at it. I'm like, I just want to fold up this calzone. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind it's of weird. like a daisy cannoli, yeah. So yeah. typically a plant part like a flower or branch or berry will have a point of growth. So for a tree, a branch will come out from a point of growth in sort of a relatively uniform cylindrical pattern. Obviously, it's not exact, exact. Y you've seen trees. <laughs> what if I was like, no? No. <laughs> uh, actually, I have not seen a tree. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not. I live in Hollywood, baby. <laughs> They're all fake out I'm here. I'm from LA. I'm not familiar with your quote unquote trees. Trees? Trees. <laughs> Never seen a tray. Uh, <laughs> flower buds typically have a point of growth from which a symmetrical flower blooms, either radial symmetry like a daisy or bilateral symmetry like an orchid. But in plants with fasciation, this point of growth becomes elongated. So a normal-looking daisy becomes a stretch daisy. And strawberries, instead of being this nice little teardrop shape, will like look like weird stretch strawberries. Like if you took a strawberry and you put it into Blender or some 3D software and then just extruded it around its base until the strawberry looks like a half circle instead of a teardrop shape. Yeah, that's a 180-degree strawberry right. right there. Right, 180-degrees strawberry uh, experience. That's so much strawberry. You could eat it like a watermelon slice. You could. You could. You could, like, shove it in your mouth uh, and <laughs> choke, I guess. That's not a good... I don't know. I guess you that's could do that. The with new, that's the new creature feature um, motto. Sh shove it in your mouth and choke, I guess. <laughs> Here at Creature Feature, we care about the listener, and we want you all to shove it in your mouth and choke. Yeah, I guess you could do that with a lot of stuff. But uh, yeah, this uh, it's a 
it's an uncomfortable, I would say I'm uncomfortable with this strawberry, you know, uh, it, it makes me like, Katie, I feel like that's, that's not a tolerant of you. Uh, this strawberry can't help how it looks, I need, you know? Yeah. I guess I need to learn to be more understanding of the strawberry before I stick it in a blender and pulverize it into a tasty smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. It's, it's a, it's a bigger ratio of, of fleshy fruit to a weird leafy top. That is you know? true. That's a very good point. You're definitely getting more fruit to leaf ratio. Like, could you imagine dipping this in some fondue? Uh, it'd be so good. It could hold the chocolate like a plate right. instead of having to be covered <laughs> in it. You could just use it as a shovel at the chocolate yeah. fountain and just shovel that chocolate in your mouth. Because we all know... That there's kind of a conceit with chocolate strawberries where it's like, yeah, I really want the strawberry. No, you just you just want the chocolate. You're here for the yeah. chocolate. Yeah, 100%. So uh, it also happens to stems in plants. So like a dandelion stem that is normal. You know, you've seen a dandelion, right? <laughs> Me? <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know, because uh, you live in L.A., and I, I, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the the weedy things grow up between the sidewalks I see, here. I see, <laughs> and, uh... You mean sidewalk spangles? Yeah, I'm familiar. <laughs> but they have a thin stem, but a dandelion stem that undergoes fasciation becomes this, like, thick It's a trunk. thick daddy. It's a thick, it's a big boy. It's a big, <laughs> big old thick one, isn't it? It looks like a broccoli, like stem yeah. kind of a thing. Like that's how thick it is. Yeah, yeah. You could, uh, you know, the you could really uh, have some trouble picking this dandelion. I'll, I'll tell you what. Did that sound too sexual? I hope not. Try to keep it clean. <laughs> I think this one is like weirder to me because with dandelions, usually people have that image of like picking and and like picking off the the petals yeah right that's how it's used isn't that up that that's how dandelions are used in media is people just like ripping them apart <laughs> I, yeah i mean you know we are humans, but it's but that's like our favorite thing to do that's true i uh i also shouldn't complain given that that's most of my comedy style um <laughs> but but it's also that image of like a thin stem and people pulling the the top part off and this is very like now it just looks clunkier yeah, you know like pick this you know went to a gym it's like it, it's yeah it's a crossfit dandelion it's a for cross, sure it, but it gives that it's like juicing. yeah it's like that <laughs> feeling you get when you like see someone you knew from a while ago and you know they were like sort of standard size but then they went to a dr gym and got incredibly buff and bulky this is the kumail nanjiani of flowers <laughs> yes guys <laughs> This flower is prepping to be included in the Marvel uh, universe. Cinematic use. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and sometimes the fasciation is so severe that the flowers will actually start to curl around. The point of growth just becomes so elongated that it like becomes a flower donut. Which, yeah. you know, it sounds like it tastes good, but it's still just a plant. Unfortunately, that sounds like a powdered donut, but flour donut. Yeah, sounds like I don't know. It kind of sounds like a health food that it's like this is a flour donut, and you you yeah. like, all right, like is this? But then it's like not that good of a dessert, and it's also not that good of a health food. So really, nobody wins. It went that that I feel like I have seen that in L.A. Yeah, like the health, <laughs> a health donut. But, 
Yeah, health donut. Definitely you've seen that in LA. Yeah, yeah. No trees, but you do got uh, health donuts. <laughs> it's a genetic defect that can happen in plants. And so most plants can be affected by it. Like even an asparagus, which turns into like an asparagus into an asparagus. No, thank you. Because uh, <laughs> I'm already weirded out by asparagus. It's, it would be in a, it would be an asparmy, <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank you for correcting my joke. It was. It was a real... <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I mean it because uh, it was a bad joke. It was real sickly, and then you came in and you uh, kind of <laughs> got it. Did some joke CPR on it? And actually, you, brought it to uh, life. Y- you cut me out of the podcast, right? You just use me to to punch up. <laughs> And then it's just your podcast. I'm going to edit this. This is a writer's room, right? Right. I'm editing you out completely. And it's just going to be me having a conversation with myself. And like half of the time I'm really funny and half the time I'm not that funny. (laughs) This asparagus really does look like, um, oh, uh, what is that movie with Robin Williams where he goes to hell to find his wife? I have um, no idea. This is what dreams what dreams may oh, come. Right, I feel right. like sort of the and then the paint the paint yeah. smears right. Yeah, yeah. It's like or like yeah, which is kind of like the what's that Google Deep Dream? What AI? It's like an AI tried to do us an asparagus. Or like when you take a panorama and your dog runs through yeah, it. Yeah, I love that. And then it gets all stretched out. I love they look getting so the mega silly. dog. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it is it is definitely a like you mentioned earlier a glitch in the matrix moment though. It gives you that sort of unsettling feeling of like, ah, this is I feel like this asparagus would be really hard to cook because like <laughs> I feel like asparagus <laughs> Like they're like it takes a while to like cook they're them so all the fibrous. way through, you know. They're so fibrous. Yeah, and I feel like this one would burn on the outside by yeah. the time you cooked. The, it looks like a like a piece of toast made out of asparagus. Right. Maybe that's if what you it looks like. It fillet yeah. of asparagus. I bet it also makes your pee smell even weirder than normal. <laughs> What if it makes it smell good, actually? Oh, that'd be, that'd be great. Like, we need to breed asparagus that whatever the gene that, like, make messes with your urine makes it smell Ooh. great. Who? I, this had to be some dude being like, what does my pee smell like after I eat only asparagus for three days? You know what I mean? Right. Like, sometimes... Not all scientists wear lab coats. Some are just dudes in bachelor pads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, I... I think like up until like the 1900s, most of science was some dude like drinking his own pee and, you know, 100% seeing what life was like if he only drank fluids and, and put milk up his butthole, you know? We gave a man an entire career because he only ate McDonald's for a while. And we were like, sure, let's just see what that looks like. Yeah. This, he like, Everybody, nobody was like, dude, you should eat McDonald's for a long time. And he's like, he just, he just did it himself and then built a full career, both in nutrition and in entertainment off of that. It's incredible uh, what, what a man But when, when Grimes just eats pasta for two years, (laughs) we call her a bad mother or something. Right, right, yeah. I don't know. And when I... Eat an excessive amount of chocolate. It's like that's unhealthy. Oh, okay, where's my it's, book deal? Yeah, 
Thank you. It's like, oh, I have to be on my period to eat a bunch of chocolate, right. but Morgan, what's his face, can eat a Happy Meal right. for a year, and that's like a, not a midlife crisis. The Funyuns diet isn't getting a movie deal. All right, okay, I see how okay, it is. Okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, just another example of the patriarchy, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, so fasciation can be caused by a number of factors, including random genetic mutation, hormonal imbalance, viral infection, bacterial infection, chemical exposure, or parasites. But even in all of these cases, the method of action is the same. An abnormality occurs that affects the growing tip of the plant. So the growing tip is called the meristem, which very much sounds like a little hobbit name or something like Maristem. Oh, I'm I'm Maristem yeah. and I I'm going with you, Mr. Frodo, to to protect the Shire. And then he get, immediately gets eaten by a dragon or a ring wraith or something. <laughs> I like uh growing stem is coming to borders near you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the the Maristem, uh, it's a cluster of undifferentiated cells. In a typical plant, the meristem is a tidy little bump, uh, but in fasciation, it goes bananas, and there's this spread of the meristem, and thus a spread of cells that can differentiate into new tissue. Uh, so uh, sometimes we actually deliberately breed flowers that have the genetic mutation for fasciation, such as, don't laugh, coxcomb. I tried to keep really quiet. You did. You did, which uh, I, I'm glad when I say, like, don't laugh now. You take me seriously and don't actually laugh. I, I tried really hard. Yeah. It was like it's like a personal challenge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I, uh, I saw I saw just laughter trying to escape you. Definitely. My mouth just like. Yeah. Cl clamped down. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike when I have a coxcomb. OK. <laughs> um. <laughs> so it's called a coxcomb because it looks like a rooster's comb. You know, a rooster, a cock. It's it's innocent. Fair. So is this basically this is kind of like flower cancer, right? Because it's, but it's it's where is it not? It's so it's sort of like that. I would say it's more like flower tumor ish. It's like as okay. It's like your stem. So the stem cells, the meristem of the the plant, having okay. this uncontrolled duplication, sort of like a tumor. Fortunately for the plant, it is a sustainable thing because mm. it, uh, instead of being like a, a, a tumor where it's basically non-functional tissue that, you know, in, in malignant cases, like steals your nutrients and does nothing good for you except, you know, hurts you. In this case, it's just more of the plant. Like, hey, yeah. here's just more of you. Enjoy that. Okay, which could be could be problematic in some cases, I, I presume, but sometimes it it just works, like in coxcombs, where uh, they just look, I guess, like you know the rooster comb, and people love that. People go nuts for it. They do look really cool. These are fun. They look like little purses. Yeah, <laughs> like fluffy little or an anemones. Anemones with yeah, they do. They absolutely do look like anemones. Maybe with like a weird tongue attached to them. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into coxcomb. I like it. I like coxcomb. So in animals, when you have like an oopsie goofer with undifferentiated tissue, this can often lead to extra body parts, like supernumerary body parts. So like an extra body part can occur when you have an extra limb bud. So like 
in developing embryos, we have limb buds. It's kind of like the meristem of a plant. Yeah. Uh, but instead of growing like a branch or a flower, it grows a limb, like a leg or an arm. Uh, mm-hmm. And oh, this is making this is making more sense because like there are those stereotypes of in like some underdeveloped areas where the children experience this, right? Where they have extra limbs or yeah. you know are born with like a tail or something, you know, like uh, so. But if it's influenced by some environmental factors, that would make a lot of sense. Absolutely, it can be. Yeah. It's something that can both be like a random genetic mutation that's not necessarily environmental, but often it is mm-hmm. environmental. And you see that both, unfortunately, in humans, but you also see it in frogs. So in areas where there's a lot of pollution, you can get frogs with extra legs. So like the intro to The Simpsons where we got the fish with three eyes. That's yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, I don't think three eyes is very common. It's usually like extra limbs. The like multiple eyes oh, wow. is really okay. unusual. I think like the sometimes the only times like you get a third eye in an animal or like a, a one eye or something is when you have like a twin that doesn't split correctly. So damn, yeah, wow. But I That's don't interesting. Yeah, I guess. And I'm not exactly sure why, but I think it has something to do with the difference in how the eye develops versus a limb develops. Uh, and now we are That's reaching so the extent to which I know about that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, one question that I had that I, I looked into was like, why don't animals have fasciation? So why can't I just grow a mega arm that's like thick like that dand- mega dandelion stem? Uh, and I would, I, I would guess it has something to do with like the difference in growth of new tissue uh, in a plant's meristem versus animal stem cells. So like plant tissue is sort of more, uh, it, it it's kind of more regularly structured. So yeah, you have these, I would feel like it's simpler. Yeah. And you have like, so if you have, you don't have quite as many interacting organs. So like if you have an arm, you have like, a bunch of veins and bones and it's not all symmetrical inside your arm. Like your arm does not have yeah. any radial symmetry whereas like a branch in a tree or or a stem or even like a, a flower petal, there's a lot of symmetry even within each individual part of it. So if you have this uh, genetic anomaly where it's just like, it's like, okay, this, but more of it, that will kind of work out in the plant's That's development. That's why it's ironic that trees don't exist in Hollywood because it is so symmetrical. It should be able to make it in Hollywood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Symmetry is so <laughs> important when you're casting a tree. Like those trees yeah. in Wizard of Oz are really, really unfair standards for trees. Like no real trees look it's, like that. Yeah. No real trees look Tree like that. Tree Botox. <laughs> so... um There are really cool uh, mutations, though, in animals that have to do with uh, the the like growing bud or limb bud. And sometimes this can actually work out great for animals. So uh, snakes, evolutionarily speaking, used to have legs Uh, and their so their ancestors used to have legs. They didn't 
start out legless. The uh, so you know that that meme that's like the first creature crawling out of the sea that people use all the time. Yeah, that this really would sad be it. Like in re- yeah, this would be it in reverse. Right. right? <laughs> I'm tired of walking. This sucks. Yeah. Right. Let me just ride my body against the yeah. ground. <laughs> right. They they don't use legs. They they use their abdominal muscle contractions to smoothly glide along the ground. They have such a strong core. They really do. I'm 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 out here jealous of snakes' cores. <laughs> I'm jealous I'm jealous of snakes and dolphins. Have you ever seen the abs on a dolphin? Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, they do all that jumping out of water. Which takes That's crazy. A huge amount of core strength. So yeah, yeah, snakes and dolphins would laugh at your reps. Just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, snakes drop the legs. They got a more flexible skeleton that allows them to engorge themselves with huge prey relative to their slender lo- body. And uh, the gene that controls limb growth is actually called the sonic hedgehog gene. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love. This. I'm familiar with this gene. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun <laughs> one. It's a fun. It's fun. Fun naming. You know, sometimes you just gotta have fun with genes. You yeah, know? like so, yeah. too many of these, like Z A B two forty seven blah blah blah. Just call like Sonic. Call one like Mario. Do a do a Bowser gene, you know? Just do all- Is that the gene for like where it's supposed to be Italian but it's not? <laughs> is that <laughs> Yes, that the Mario gene is uh Chris Pratt apparently has the uh Ugh. the Mario gene. Not really. I think here's the thing. I think every I think people want contradictory things from scientists. Mm-hmm. I think they they want them to be less uptight, but then when they are, they're like, you're supposed to be the serious person in our society, and right. then they judge them for it. Yeah. So yeah, it's if like- people really knew that scientists were just, like, human and chill, I think, I feel like that they would they should be able to, like, relate to them more, but then they, it also concerns them. They're like, oh, shit, these are people, and we're putting all this responsibility on them. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think understanding that scientists are not just aliens uh, that don't aren't able to understand a social environment like outside of a lab is would be nice a nice trope to get rid of because yeah i I, yeah i agree like people like this thing that this is a little bit of a tangent sorry everyone please don't give me a bad review (laughs) for tangents but um (laughs) There, like I remember when scientists were doing this like bird research on uh, bird calls mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people were like like uh, and it was there was some big controversy about like oh you're you're spending all this time like researching bird calls and like that's that's so you know like you're supposed to be doing yeah. real science and it's like yeah they is. did this with like they do this with like beetle shells or something there like I remember every once in a while something on Twitter or somebody you know will say something that's like oh like I can't believe scientists are wasting their time and money on this thing instead of doing this thing and it's like you aren't a scientist and have no idea the importance or the context of what they're studying and also science is just studying the world so it's still science even if you deprioritize it as necessary for you and everything is connected. Oops, I said <laughs> everything is connected, <laughs> right? Like, every, like the beetle shell will like help with 
the design of cars and like yeah. inten- you know what I mean? Like everything is is related. Um, yeah. But I don't think people understand that. Yeah, I mean, most of our medical and technological advancements are based on scientific research that, you know, many, many years of scientific research that may not have that much apparently in common with the end result of the research. But yeah, I mean, like if we didn't like look at, you know, mouse turds once in a while, we would probably not have most of medicine. Uh, and also, yeah, but we do that just for fun. I mean, it's <laughs> okay. fun to pick through mouse turds. Don't do it. Don't get hantavirus. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sonic Hedgehog Gene. It's actually Sonic Hedgehog, I think, is the name, not Sonic the Hedgehog. Science. Yeah. Stupid scientist. Uh, but it's called that because of its spiky appearance. And apparently one of the researchers who discovered it had a daughter with a Sonic the Hedgehog comic book. So that's cute. I like that. That is cute. So a mutation occurred in snakes that basically deleted activators for the Sonic Hedgehog gene responsible for leg growth. But that gene for legs is still technically there. Uh, It's just that the activators that would switch that gene on uh, are, are not there. So basically when snakes start to develop as an embryo, they start to like develop these little legs and then they're like no 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 just kidding just kidding (laughs) no legs for me thank you (laughs) oh weird what do you think like the first snake came out and was just like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) are you kidding me my whole family has legs and i have like i can't even go to the grocery store with them because they don't know how to handle me (laughs) yeah it's just like high five that is so insensitive uh yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i think that uh, <laughs> ruining your joke and taking it seriously. Uh, the first snakes probably came from these lizards that have basically n- just little nubs for legs. So the legs get kind of smaller, Wait. more useless. And uh, I want, I want everyone on Twitter to take a moment and acknowledge what you just said. Mm-hmm. Ruining your joke and taking it seriously. Can you put that at the front of every reply you send me on Twitter, please? <laughs> sure. Just people of Twitter. <laughs> just rename this podcast, Ruining Your Joke by Taking Ruining It Seriously. And, yeah. Uh, this is <laughs> okay, why, sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, that's fine. Little, this is, uh, you know, this is why I have comedians on the podcast uh, about science, so I can just be like, well, actually, you make a funny <laughs> joke, but scientifically speaking... Uh, but yeah, no. This I, is me at a party. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many friends, so many friends. Um, but yeah, so so they did like there are a lot of these sort of transitional species. You could look at it. They're, they're not necessarily direct ancestors of the snakes, but when you yeah, look, yeah. You, you can see like where you can see where they're coming from. Like they there are these lizards that have these very teeny tiny nubby legs that. Uh, they don't really use that much. And then probably one of them just kind of had a gene deletion of these legs. And it's like, this is fine. I'm fine with this. You know what? I yeah. need your legs. All right. <laughs> Thanks one day someone's going to compare me to Taylor Swift. Okay. <laughs> you know what? This is pretty great. Like you have your little legs and that's fine. I don't judge you, but I don't actually need them. So, you know, (laughs) snakes are officially like that person who doesn't have a TV and you know that they don't have a TV because they tell you about how much they don't watch TV 
all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. Like, I mean, TV's... Like, we get yeah. it. You read. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so snakes are out there. Like, I don't need legs. And actually, I read Ulysses, and I thought it was easy to read. <laughs> they read Ulysses. Ulysses. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Polivy, do you want to talk about lobsters? Obviously. That's why I came here. I know. It's it's Lobster Wednesdays. Everybody get your <laughs> bib on and get ready to enjoy some science oh, no. about lobsters. <laughs> so, lobsters. We love them. We love to eat them. Uh, they're the cute little sort of arthropods of the sea. And they're, they can have some really interesting and, uh, like, very fake-looking genetic mix-ups. So uh, lobsters can have some, a very rare mutation where they are bright blue instead of brown. Now, just a quick reminder, lobsters in the ocean aren't red. Uh, that's after you boil them as they scream for mercy. Uh, they turn red. Oh my god! <laughs> but they're they're brown. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, the, it's some some chemical change happens that I yeah. uh, certainly know about <laughs> chemistry. I'm <laughs> so good at chemistry. But yeah, it's when you boil them, they turn bright red. Uh, but in the ocean, they're sort of a muddy brown olive kind of color, uh, and uh, you know. But yes, yeah, sometimes they are bright, bright blue, like, you know, 
I don't know how to describe this blue. Like tractor. That's like a Best Buy blue. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is this is a, a great wait. Bus blue. What did you say? I said I I said Best Buy blue. Best Buy it blue. All, yeah. It might also be what is it? Mega Bus blue. I don't know. I don't know. You know the blue that all the companies use. It's the it's it's the blue of the nineties that all the companies use. No, it's it's more the blue yeah. of the early two thousands where everyone decided blue is the good color for stores in general. Walmart blue. Best yeah. Buy blue. Uh, you know, Cool Ranch Doritos blue. It's it's bright, <laughs> artificial-looking blue. And uh, this is said to be, like, a one-in-a-million chance. I wonder how this affects, like, their... How, like, predators view them and, like, how they're able to, like, get away from things, you know? Yeah, that's a good question because with animals who have albinism, we know typically it's a bad thing because it makes them a lot easier to spot, so they don't typically survive as well. So, like, albino squirrels often get picked off, unfortunately, the same thing with... Holy shit, I've never seen an albino squirrel Yeah, out. they get... And I've seen so many squirrels in my lifetime. They get uh, picked off by hawks pretty good. I mean, it's why melanistic squirrels, black squirrels, are much more common than albino squirrels because melanistic squirrels, it's not so bad for them because, you know, they're st they don't just, like, stand out like someone highlighted them on, like, you know... This is, like, reverse white privilege. <laughs> This is what this is the only context this is in the which only time. Yeah, this is the squirrels of color are given an advantage. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. That's and yes, the... I know albinism can happen to squirrels of color. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm that's a great question. I don't know. I think that the lobsters are so rare and they're typically only found during like commercial lobster fishing. So I don't know like what that does for their survival rates. I would imagine because it's blue and the ocean's kind of blue, maybe it's okay. It's a very unscientific uh, statement, I just <laughs> made, but you know, like they're blue. I think maybe it's okay in any context is also a very unscientific <laughs> statement given just the state of everything. I do love reading a paper in like the New England Journal of Medicine and they're like, you know, smoking marijuana. I think maybe it's okay. Maybe it's okay, bro. I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but blue lobsters are not the only weird mutation that lobsters have. They can also be bright orange, which is interesting because when they're bright orange, they kind of look like the color of a cooked lobster, but they're not oh. cooked. So... It's also a very rare mutation. You're not going to see it typically. But they will be... It, it's That's like them trying to hide before right. we cook them. They're like, no, no, we're already cooking. Yeah, I'm already they, cooked. They don't scuttle worry about away. it. Yeah, you don't got to throw <laughs> me in the pot. Yeah, but, you know, that's another protein mutation that happens that gives them this bright orange coloration, uh, as is the blue coloration, a protein mutation. But the, this is not even as wild as lobsters get. Uh, they sometimes will look half and half. So they literally look like you plopped a lobster in Photoshop and like selected exactly half of the lobster and changed the hue. So like, down the middle. Yeah, straight down in the middle. One side being yeah. blue and one side being brown or even one side being orange and one side being brown or blue. It's 
It doesn't look it real. It literally looks it literally looks like somebody laid painter's tape. Yeah. Like that line is so clean <laughs> all the way down. It's wild. Jealous of these clean lines. Just like I know. I've never been able to. Painting, doing my nails. No. It's always always there's always a point of like a bubble in the tape where you peel it and then there's just like a little imperfection. You're like <sighs> Yeah. And you're like, you know who's the best nail artist? Lobsters. God. Oh. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Same difference. God is a lobster. God is a lobster. Uh, so, yeah. what? And it not only looks bl- mind-blowing, but the explanation for it is also really interesting. So, uh, most animals have some form of symmetry. Some animals have radial symmetry, like a sea urchin or a starfish. And some animals, like humans and most mammals and fish and lobsters, have bilateral symmetry. So we each have, you know, uh, you know, half of our body is relatively a mirror image of the other half. Uh, but if uh, something goes wrong as the cells are splitting when you're a blastocyst and developing into an embryo, uh, or even a mistake when the chromosomes are dividing you can have an animal split down the middle with two different colors and even two different sexes. So most two-toned lobsters are actually also gynandromorphs. So each side of the lobster is a different sex. So one side has testes and the other has ovaries. So during early development and during cell division or mitosis, an error occurs where the sex chromosomes don't split properly. So you have literally one half is female and one half is male. And then they're different colors. Uh, Not necessarily. So male and female lobsters aren't really different colors uh, typically, but you can have because one half has a different genome than the other half. You could have a color mutation in one half and not in the other half. And so that's how you get these like incredibly rare. Not only do they have a color mutation, but they also have uh, a gynandromorph mutation. Gynandromorph uh, was that children's book series we yeah. read as kids, I right? I love that series. <laughs> it's, uh, I-, I did it for the flip book, though, of the lobsters. <laughs> So actually, last episode, we talked a little bit about how sex determination works and how it can be different depending on the animals. So not all animals are XY like humans. So, you know, as humans, you have like the XY chromosomes and XX and XY. But there, there are a lot of different variations in humans that can happen. Uh, and then in other animals, there can be even like like completely different systems like XO where uh, females will have XX and males will have... You telling me there's a tic-tac-toe animal? <laughs> there's tic-tac-toe animals, including Damn. Some, some shrews, a lot of spiders playing tic-tac-toe. Much more, much... Uh, th- which is the most fun kind of sex system, I think. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah. Uh, if... Uh, Anyways, these different there's also ZW system in chickens and uh, well not just chickens, I guess other birds too. But, you know, when you think bird, you think chicken. And actually <laughs> the ZW system is kind of the mirror of XY system because a female will have ZW and a male will have ZZ. And they actually can have mm. a Is that cuz males are boring? 
<laughs> Wait, but that would mean females are boring in other species. No, because we're not ZZ. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> we're see. Sleeping. I see. I get it. I am. So, I. I appreciate comedy. I'm a comedy appreciator. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and, and actually, chickens can have interesting things happen with their sex determination system, where. Uh, males can like become females, uh, and, and so th- there's a lot. There's a lot of cool shenanigans. If anyone tries to sell you the idea that sex determination and chromosomes is simple, they're wrong. They're uh, bam, yeah, boom. Uh, so basically, what can happen during cell division? Let's, let's take for example uh, the XO system, XOXO, kiss, 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 um, where the say the cells split. And one cell gets uh, two X chromosomes, and then the other cell only gets one X chromosome. Then in like a spider or a shrew or one of these these creatures that have the uh, XO system, one of them's, uh, there, there's going to be one organism where half is male and half is female. And so this is actually what can happen in butterflies. And when it happens in butterflies, it's very striking. So... Now we're talking about color differences in two sides. That's not just because of some interesting mutation, like in lobsters where you have uh, both gynandromorphy and you have this color mutation. But in butterflies, it's that male and female butterflies have different coloration, even when the typical sexual reproduction happens. So in a gynandromorph, one half of the butterfly is male and has a very different wing shape and color and the other half is female and so not only are their wings different colors but they can be different shapes and sizes it looks like some psychopath cut butterflies in half and then glued them back together no (laughs) um i got sad about this hypothetical situation it like there's no way they can they're flying in circles right like the wings are totally different sizes they're probably not flying great it's probably not a probably not a, the best flyers. No. <laughs> yeah, because one side's like way bigger than the other. Yeah, yeah, and some species like where there's not as much sexual dimorphism. That is like there's not a mu- that as much difference between males and females. They probably function all right in terms of flying. But yeah, some of them the difference is very dramatic. Where the female's a lot smaller than the male, or vice versa, and. Or the male, like sometimes, you know, butterflies have those big, those tails on it. So like you have a yeah. butterfly wing shape and then you have sort of this teardrop shape coming off of the bottom of the wing. And that's a, it's like a swallowtail butterfly has those, but it is only in one sex. So when you have a gynandromorph, uh, one of the sides has that little tail and the other doesn't, which is going to make it real tricky <laughs> for the butterfly yeah. to uh, have a good time flying. I guess the butterflies like um, okay. Rest of the family, y'all go out further for flowers and whatnot, and I'm just gonna hang around in this circle. <laughs> like, I'll just be at home base. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 like one side of the butterfly is telling the other side of the butterfly. Did you ask for directions? No, I'm not gonna ask for directions. <laughs> get it? Get it? It's a, it's a. I get it. See, I got to explain something to the Zoomers. Back in the day, we used to have this joke where, uh, like, men would never ask for directions. Um, And that was, this is in dinosaur times, actually, when we had this joke. (laughs) 
So all the dinosaurs at Jurassic Park would ask for directions. Right. <laughs> and then it's like like one dinosaur is like, you gotta you gotta ask for directions. And it's like, I don't know, like I'll uh find a way. <laughs> the Jurassic Park reference. I, I feel like I'm rapidly losing <laughs> I get zoomers. It. <laughs> every every word I say, another zoomer just like clicks pause and puts down their phone. <laughs> All right. I think I think this episode is just as referential as Ulysses. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was that was so referential to being referential. <laughs> I hurt in my brain. So we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. So sometimes when we talk about mutations, uh, people get this idea that mutations are either like good for an organism or bad. So like it's often the topic of conversation when we're talking about like COVID, like, oh, it has a mutation. This must mean it's now like a super powered virus. But mutations are not intrinsically good or bad. They're just a mutation. And whether or not it turns out to be beneficial or uh, bad for the organism, it just depends on the selective pressures that the organism is operating in. So sometimes these color mutations can, in like these interesting uh, little genetic whoopsie doodles, uh, can be maybe negative. Like we talked about the butterfly being half male and half female, and one side, it, if the male and female of that species have a significant difference in size, it'll be a little lopsided and maybe fly in circles a little bit. Uh, but sometimes color mutations can 
completely shape the course of history for better or worse. So this one cool weird eye trick may have changed the course of human history. Doctors hate it. So most primates have dark sclera. So that's the eye tissue surrounding the irises. But in humans, this tissue is white or kind of off-white. And some research seems to indicate that by having this bright white-ish sclera, humans are better able to track eye movement and gaze in each other. And some anthropologists have a hypothesis that human cooperation and evolution was shaped by our ability to see each other's gaze. And so this is called the cooperative gaze hypothesis, which is like, you know, like when you're with... Which is like just June, right? (laughs) It's a bunch of cooperative gaze. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See, I got that one. I'm getting 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 faster with it. But you know, like when you're with someone and you can't like say something out loud to them, but you're using your yeah, eyes. Yeah, this is like family reunions, right. weddings. Right. You're like judging people. You're like, who's that guy? Right. At, the, at, at stand-up shows, right? You're like, this is terrible, but with your eyes. Right. And like all the Zoomers who are left uh, still listening to the show, like when you roll your eyes, uh, if you didn't have... Uh, white sclera, like your parents would never know that you hate them, which, you know. It's really important. It's critical. They wouldn't get the full sense of your disdain, which would really be a tragedy. It's part of parenthood. Right. Truly. Right. You have to let them know that they're being so uncool right now. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, so human babies follow eye gaze much more than primates. And uh, the ability to follow each other's gaze may have helped human in collaboration or things like determining intent. So seeing where someone's eye gaze is can really help you understand, like, what are they looking at? What are they focused on? Are they looking at me or something else? Like, are they looking at the thing I have? So it can both be protective for you, like, of understanding, okay, what is this person interested in and it can also help you cooperate because like if they keep looking at something that's in your hands it's like oh they may want to see this or they may want this and so I can figure out what someone wants before we even maybe had language so you know having that uh, sort of nonverbal accessory to communication may have been really really helpful in our early development as a highly social species And uh, it may have even helped our relationship with dogs, which we co-evolved with uh, since very early history. Uh, You know, dogs used to be, they they had like a wolf-like ancestor, and they started to catch on that, hey, if I act really cute and Instagrammable, I could have a real cushy lifestyle next to humans. Unfortunately, they didn't know, like, the extent to our uh, obsession with making them look real weird and cute uh, mm-hmm. and, like, breeding them until they basically... Like, can't breathe. They can't breathe <laughs> and they look like a loaf of bread with eyeballs. But anyways, uh, yeah, so dogs are able to follow our eye gaze almost as well as human infants. So <gasps> having eyes that are so easy to follow 
dogs may have co-evolved with us and were better able to understand where our attention was and able to cooperate with us. So if you've ever wondered like why your dog is so uncannily attuned to like what you're looking at or, or what you're interested in, part of it could be that your dog is following your eye gaze. Now, my dog, I think, needs dog glasses. Her vision's not very good. So I can like <laughs> point at a slice of cheese and she goes like wandering off like two feet away from the cheese. Oh. And uh, so I don't think she's noticing my eye movements as much at all. Although, my, yeah. My dog, I think this might, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe we're at the point where we're wearing masks so much that our dogs are even more tuned into our eyes mm. because now point. when I put in, now when I put on a mask or go to like, I use paper towels to like open the doorknobs and stuff. Nice. She, she, um, just because people in my building are gross. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she literally, she like starts freaking out immediately. Like she's very tuned in to when I start moving. It's all like embarrassing too. Like when I put on pants, she freaks out, which is like how much <laughs> I don't wear pants in my apartment. Is like, she's like, wrong? oh, we're going outside now. <laughs> Why are you putting on pants? Yeah, hundred percent. It's a code like, pants. Oh, code pants. You're wearing a bra and pr- pants. Something's happening. <laughs> Something's happening. That's how my dog is when I put on shoes. Because yeah. it's it's a 50-50 gamble for her. It could mean I'm going outside with her or, or leaving, leaving forever, it her feels like. Forever yeah. and neglecting her for an eternity. So yeah. she, I get it. Yeah. So she has this expression of like dread and excitement that is uh, yeah. really pathetic and hard hard to watch, honestly. <laughs> but I like that you just called your dog pathetic. Well, I call it pathetic. like I see <laughs> I mean, somebody kept me up all night whining about, I don't know. I have no idea what freaked her out. But imagine like, how anxious you would be if the person you loved most in the world would just randomly leave at times that you didn't yeah. understand and you had no idea if they were coming back. Yeah. I would be, and this is the person that you love most and are also dependent on for food and shelter. I mean, I get really sweaty palms if I'm left on red for like two minutes so oh yeah 100% I'm probably not one to judge but (laughs) yeah so so our the whites of our eyes are really important maybe for even communicating with dogs and uh you know we know how important dogs have been for our history and helping us with uh livestock and agriculture and hunting and uh so just this one cool little genetic uh thing that happened with the sclera being white may have had this like huge effect on evolution uh and in fact you actually can get primates who have this mutation so uh there's this picture of a chimpanzee with uh the white sclera and it's a little uncanny because at first when you look at it you're like oh yeah that's a chimpanzee and then you're like it's this is it's a little, it's like an uncanny valley thing of like, this is a little more human-like than I'm used to seeing, like, in an expression. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize right. that that was, that's crazy. I had to look up what a chimpanzee normally looks right? like yeah, I in order to, to remember that they didn't have the black in the eyes. Is this, oh, is this, what's the, the ape world movie, Planet of the Apes? Yes. 
Did they do that in Planet of the Apes? That's a good question. Planet Yeah, they have white they have sclera. Okay. They have white white sclera. Okay, yeah, that that Oh yeah. That's what gave them more human expressions. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Cuz guess- he looks the one the picture here looks like the main character from Rise of the Planet of the Apes. He does. Yeah. Uh I mean, for all we know, he could be um just uh, retired now. Uh, but like, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, yeah, because that's the case in a lot of like, maybe that's why the Lion King live action thing was really lifeless. Did they put uh, whites in the eyes of the animals in that movie? Or live action? Uh, no. I mean, 3D. Lion <laughs> King live action. Well, they called it the live action ones. But it's none of it. I don't think alive. they did. I see. I think that was a mistake. Yeah, it definitely it definitely feels more human when they have the whites of the eyes. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. I really just thought that's what chimps look like. I was like, why is this is this just a funny picture Katie included at the <laughs> end of the thing? <laughs> that's so wild. How frequent is this is this uh, mutation? It's very rare and it doesn't seem to actually like catch on. It's not none of the chimps are really having it. It's not a um which I think is what's interesting about it is that you'd think like, oh, this is really helpful in humans potentially, but it hasn't really taken hold. Uh, It hasn't taken the chimp world by storm. And so it's because, I mean, when we think about chimpanzees, they're not our ancestors. They are a cousin of ours, like on the evolutionary tree. And so the idea that like, oh, chimpanzees are just like a, hop skip and a jump away from evolving into humans is not really true because uh primates like chimpanzees uh do not have the same use for tracking eye gaze as early humans may have had uh so in fact like there may be a, a detriment to having that eye like you may not be able to be as sneaky like if you if it's hard to see where your gaze is it's hard to see like where you're looking at and uh, maybe it's uh, makes it a little easier to be sneaky, like if you see some food and you want to grab it or something. Wait, so I'm reading up to 84% of lowland gorillas possess some degree of depigmentation with 11.5% of averted gazing eyes showing a completely white sclera oh, really? a la human. Well, but this is like, this probably is from a sample of something. Um, that's just like a quick... I it was low. That, there's no way... there. Yeah, there's well, this is in gorillas, but it's probably a specific type of gorilla. I see, like lowland versus mountains, and also I just like I would literally was just googling it, so I don't have the context at all. But it seems like western lowland and mountain gorilla faces oh, were acquired. That's interesting. I wonder if like they have in their populations they have a specific kind of selective pressure that makes it more beneficial for them to have be able to better track their eye gaze yeah and it also is related to direct versus averted gazes right or something it looks like that's this is so interesting i i'm fascinated by this i'm just <laughs> this looking is at wild. like uh, gorillas with uh whites in their eyes and it's uh i don't know yeah it's intense it's an intense it look. really is once you it's like the the you'll shit bricks when you see it. Yeah. The, like when you realize that that's not normal, you're like, oh my gosh. It uh, actually brings me to an article that says the scientific reason the internet wants to bang this handsome gorilla 
Uh, oh my god! And it's uh, they they break it down into uh, the fact that the uh, sclera are white or something. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess uh, so. It looks more human. I guess it makes gorillas sexier. All right. That's that's fine. Japanese women go ape over surprisingly handsome gorilla. This is from <laughs> 2015. Right. This is how this is how how desperate women are. No I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll check the zoo. It's a it's a yeah. it's a bad sign for Bumble and Tinder if people are just like pulling up the the zoo Z- app. Zoo app. <laughs> Jesus. They they made a pillow in the shape of Shibani the oh handsome my gorilla gosh, a body for women pillow. to sleep with. Where oh is my that God. website? So I know to avoid it. What's the address? It, well, this was Japan Times. It was like an article about it. But wow, send me the link so I know never to go there. <laughs> You're like, yeah, send me the link. I don't want to go there. Yeah, I'm not gonna get a body pillow. How much does it cost? <laughs> Um, yeah, but, uh, in, uh, in canid species, in, uh, canines, uh, like wild wolves, coyotes, you can actually see as their eyes become, have a higher, um, contrast between their pupils and the rest of their eyes is, mm-hmm. it tracks with the more social species. So, uh, wild wolves and coyotes are both highly social. They form packs. A lot of their survival depends on how well they work as a team. And they actually have much higher contrast eyes between their pupils and their irises, uh, which it's a similar function as the sclera. So instead of having a white sclera like humans, they'll have like a yeah. light yellow iris and a, and a black uh, pupil. So their eye movement can be tracked. And among the canid species, wolves and coyotes are the most social and cooperative. And so more solitary canids like, you know, wild dogs will have lower contrast eyes. That's so that's so wild that dogs are the less social like oh, not, I guess not not dog not like domesticated dogs. Yeah, uh, yeah, but like why? But what are what are our domesticated dogs descendant from? Wolves, wolves, or from so like a so wolf, wild like dogs ancestor. But wild dogs aren't as closely related to domesticated dogs it as wolves depends, are. It depends on the type of uh, wild dog. So there are some highly social wild dogs, uh, and some wild dogs may actually come from very early domesticated dogs it's unclear like dingoes maybe came from really early domesticated dogs wild dogs look crazy like they look so weird yeah they look like they have like these big circular ears like huge (laughs) circular ears compared to their face they look like and they're they're, yeah, and their face looks like almost like hyena like. Yeah. You know, like. Well, they're direct competitors so with hyenas often. But like oh, another, really? another uh, example of like uh, canid, because wild dogs do actually, like the African wild dog uh, does, is pretty social. Because like they do have somewhat high contrasting eyes, maybe not as much as wolves and coyotes, but some other examples of like, of uh, canids that are not that social foxes uh aren't as 
social. Maine wolves aren't as social. They will not necessarily have as high contrast of an eye as wolves. Uh, a really wild-looking canid species is the short-eared dog. It does not look like you would expect a, a canine to look. What did you say? Uh, maned wolves. Maned wolves are one of the uh, one of the canid species. Uh, they're they're wild-looking. They have really and, long legs, stunning. And then, long legs. Uh, oh yeah, those are the weird, the weird-legged ones. Yeah. And then, what was the one you just said that have that short, um, short-eared dogs? Just uh, short-eared dogs. Just Google Google an image of short-eared dogs. I'm like looking up all of these. Oh my gosh! What? <laughs> what is that? It is not related. It is not. This is an example of a wild canid who is not at all related to domesticated dogs. So uh, this is a. Um, I think this is a <laughs> South American uh, uh, canid species, and I think they're actually pretty. It's like a pretty primitive species of canid, but yeah, they are. <laughs> They're pretty they look goofy like they're looking. mixed with like a with a pig or something. Yeah. Or like, like a, bear. a what are or like an anteater. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 funny looking. Uh but you if you look at their eyes, you can see it's they're, like you cannot really see their pupil that well. They also there aren't that many pictures of them either. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're very rare. They're hard to spot, very elusive. Very interesting to see how that tracks. And I wonder like in dogs like even in sort of domesticated dogs, whether that affects because like domesticated dogs have all sorts of different eye colors. My dog has like brown eyes that almost like perfectly blend with her pupils. It's really mm -hmm. hard to see her pupils uh, unless you're like really staring deep into her eyes like I do every day. <laughs> mm. um, but I wonder because she does not have a good relationship with other dogs uh, she, I mean part of that is she was attacked by a couple of dogs and so she's just like she's done um, Yeah. but I wonder if part of her like because she seems to have trouble with other dogs even friendly ones and I wonder if like dogs with uh, eyes that where their eye gaze is harder to track I wonder if they ever have more problems socializing with other dogs because the other dog can't read their body language as yeah. much. Which I don't. This one, yeah. My dog Compass, right here, oh. who I just woke up from a Hello. nap. I'm sorry. Her eyes are very dark, and she also doesn't interact with other dogs very much. But it's because she's more scared. I think. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no. Yeah. Cookie is also scared. So we have a sample size of two, which, as we know, wow, is incredible. enough. To draw conclusions. <gasps> Puppy! Yeah. Puppy science! <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I don't know because I, 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 I should probably have looked into this before I started recording. I'm just like, maybe it's like this and maybe it's like this. And I love science. Um, <laughs> but yeah, kids like... We do, we do sound like Twitter right now. <laughs> I know. I know. Just wild conjecture with no evidence. Just like, I wonder if it's like this. But, yeah, no, I mean, because dogs use each other's body language a lot, I think, much more than, like, facial expression, other than, like, say, they're, when they snarl and they flash those white teeth, that's easy to see. Yeah. And that's an easy expression. Yeah. And their ear position, but they also look at each other's, like, body posture, tail position, like, their whether their hair is up or down, just their overall... 
body language. It really yeah. helps dogs to communicate. But I really do wonder about the eye gaze thing. I'm going to look into that. It's wild how attentive um, dogs are to body language and how lacking men at clubs are with <laughs> body language understanding. So, like, if you say, say like, men are dogs, that would actually be a compliment. Cause that would be a compliment. And they would yeah. be, like, really paying attention to you and really yeah. loyal and really Like, sweet. in tune. Yeah, like, yeah. like you're, you're a dog, but that's good because, like, you're paying attention to the cues I'm throwing out there. 100%. <laughs> so, uh, before we go, I have to reveal the answer to last week's mystery animal sound game, which is a new thing I'm doing, Polivia. Wow. I know you've been on the show before season three. Um, wait, season, yeah, season three. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. <laughs> I got this podcast in control. And so every week I am playing a mystery animal sound and people can guess from home, ask their coworkers, their family, uh, call up your local library and try to find out who is making that animal sound. So first I want to reveal the answer to last week's sound. So who do you think is talking there? Well, now that I've seen a short-eared dog, that sounds like something weird that dog would say. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like someone screaming with their jaw, like, all the way open. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm like, no! <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's how I wake up every morning, yeah. actually. I just, like, from deep slumber into, <laughs> <laughs> The existential dread. Yes. <laughs> So the answer is actually the New Guinea singing dog. Congratulations to everyone who gets the right answer. There is actually a bit of a tie this week. So we have four winners. That is Shayna, uh, Jared Miller, Michael Daniels, and Instagram user Open Road Before Me. Great job, you guys. Great guesses. So the New Guinea singing dog is a dog that looks similar to a dingo but is considered to be a breed of domesticated dog and not its own species. Oh, my God. New Guinea singing dog. It, it looks like a dingo, but it's not a dingo. And It's it, so cute. It's very cute. Uh, it has this really haunting call. It's one of the rarest breeds of dogs in the world with an ancient lineage it was, in fact, once thought to be a separate species of canid, but they are, in fact, a breed of dog that has a segment of its population living feralely, and often they're, they, like, live, cohabitate with humans, and instead of having a single owner, they live, like, in a village amongst humans. Um, and so their howl, unlike other, like, wolf or dog howls utilizes a pulsed high frequency trill which gives it that like rattling sound like it's about to eat your face in a monster movie that's wild so on to our new mystery animal sound of the week uh here is a hint this may sound like a machine gun, but unless you're an insect, the only thing you'll really have to worry about is getting smacked in the face by its enormous tail, which is 
I guess a kind of specific hint. I hope it's helpful. <laughs> Anyways, here's the sound. Oh, that's my dog. Guess you <laughs> that sound. That's that's my dog. Cookie, it's okay. I wasn't talking about you behind your back. I wasn't. I was. Okay, here we go. Nice. That definitely sounded like a machine gun. Yeah. So if it's a machine gun, it's definitely American. <laughs> and it's some kind of animal. That's that's another hint. Incredible. Yeah. It's it's not a gun. And uh, it kind of sounds a little bit like not just like a gun, but like a computer game gun. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. More like cartoony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any guesses, Polovi? Oh, I, you said it's tail. So it has a tail. Mm-hmm. Some sort. So is it some sort of lizard? That doesn't make sense. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> what makes a machine gun sound that has a tail? I have no idea. I have no idea at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find out next week, or maybe I'll tell you after the show, but you have to keep it a secret. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Next Wednesday, I'll reveal the answer. And if you think, you, the listener, think you may have an idea, a guess, or even if you have a question or a picture of your pet, you can write to me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com, creaturefeaturepod on Instagram, creaturefeetpod on Twitter. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. That is something very different. Pallavi, <laughs> where can the people find you? I'm at Pallavi Ganalan everywhere. P-A-L-L-A-V-I-G-U-N-A-L-A-N. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm on Clubhouse now. I do shows on Clubhouse. But yeah, just uh, check me out. I put my, my shows up on my website, pallaviganalan.com. Check it out. She's very funny. <laughs> And uh, you'll never know it, though, because I'm going to edit her out and pretend like all of her jokes <laughs> were my jokes. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Katie Golden. Um, and let's see, what else do I do at the end of these shows? Oh, yeah. Uh, if you enjoyed the show and you want to give me a rating review, I really appreciate that. That really does help uh, with, with the robots that go through the algorithm and they're like, hey, this show's good. Uh, and I read all of them, and I really appreciate them. It warms my heart to see your feedback, even when you're like, Katie, stop stop talking about how much you like to eat pizza. We get it. Uh, <laughs> and thank you to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Anywhere you, anywhere you listen to podcasts. I, I don't judge you. I'm not the podcast police. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not watching you from the darkness. See you next Wednesday. Bye. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust 
into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.